Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story against foster parents. We'll get to that in a bit, but first... I got my baby daddy fired from his job. My son's dad is a complete jerk. When I decided to get back at him, I decided to be a complete jerk too. The first time I got pregnant by my baby daddy was just after high school. My mom was disappointed in me. I was her only child and she had high hopes for me. I wasn't going to go to college, but I was going to join her in managing the store she owned in town. When I realized that I'd missed my period and was probably pregnant, I went to my mom's store to inform her about what had happened. My mom had always encouraged me to tell her anything, no matter how bad it was or how bad I messed up. I think I might be pregnant, I said to her. She stared at me for a while, sighed and looked away. I kept asking if she heard me, but she didn't respond. At some point, I genuinely got scared that I'd taken away my mom's ability to speak. She didn't even look at me. She just looked sideways until I left the store. Frustrated and in tears, I walked out of her store. Her staff who was at the counter asked if I was okay. I nodded and managed to fake a smile. I was going to go home, but I needed someone to talk to, so I went to my baby daddy's house instead. He lived in a tiny home with his mother and brothers. My baby daddy grew up very poor. His mother was a single mom who struggled to take care of her four sons. His father was a total bum. He only ever returned home to impregnate his wife. As soon as she got pregnant, he would take off, abandoning them for months and sometimes even a year. My mom had warned me to stay away from him. She didn't approve of our relationship. I don't know, honey. Men tend to end up just like their fathers, my mom had said, characteristically rubbing my arms. She rubbed them whenever she expressed her concerns about something. I was slightly annoyed. Mom, it's unfair that you don't want me seeing someone just because his dad is bad. It's not his fault that his dad is irresponsible. My mom sighed and assured me that she was only simply looking out for me. I just want you to be happy, she said and shrugged. I'm happy with him, Ma, I promise. I rolled my eyes when my mom left the room. I was just 15 and my mom was expressing her fears about a man being irresponsible. It wasn't like we were going to have a baby or something, I thought. As I walked closer to my baby daddy's house, I saw his car parked just in front of the building. I walked faster when I saw that the car's engine was on and he was about to drive off. His uncle had gifted him his very old car on his birthday, and my baby daddy had been very excited. His mom could only afford a rusty old car that he and his brothers took turns driving. I called out to him and as I moved closer, I noticed he wasn't alone in the car. He had company, and it was a girl from school. As soon as he saw me, he drove off. I was so naive at the time, or I was just too preoccupied with my problems, I had no idea what happened. I returned home feeling very dejected. My baby daddy came to mind that night and apologized for driving off. I had thought that he didn't see me or that there was an emergency. He lied about the girl needing to take the girl to a clinic. I didn't bother asking him why he had to take her. I didn't even know that they were friends or spoke to each other. I told him what had happened with my mom. 
I was 17 at the time, and when I told him that I'd missed my period, he assured me that we would take care of our child together. He had even promised to get a job at his uncle's food shop. He also looked a bit excited about being a father and kissed me on my cheeks. How did it go, he asked, referring to my conversation with my mom. She was so mad she refused to speak to me, I replied to him. He said, why? I looked at him, wondering why he would ask that question. Was he asking why my mom was mad at me? Before I could respond to that, my mom's car pulled up to our house. I wanted my baby daddy and me to talk to my mom together, to know what we would do about what I just found out. I turned to him to talk, but he wasn't there. My baby daddy jumped through the back fence as soon as he saw my mom. My mom was pissed, but she promised to stand by and support me regardless of the decision I took. She advised me though to end the pregnancy. I didn't agree because I was crazily in love with my baby daddy at the time. I wanted him to stay with me and I wanted something bigger than the love we shared to make us connected. I wanted to carry and birth this child. I told my mom I was going to keep it. She said that was okay and agreed to help me in whatever way she could. During the first three months of my pregnancy, everyone told me about my baby daddy going out with the girl I saw in his car. I didn't pay attention to it because I was too busy dealing with the different symptoms that came with pregnancy. I was also co-managing my mom's store so I could make some money to care for my baby. One evening, I decided to go to the park and just read a book by myself. I was really tired and needed to de-stress. That evening, I saw my baby daddy and the girl from school sitting on a wooden bench in the park and kissing. I was livid. I walked up to them and tried to hit her. My baby daddy held my hands and pulled me away from the park. If I could go back to that day, I would hit him instead. He apologized over and over again, but I could not get over it. There were times when I suspected that my baby daddy wasn't really into me. Many times. He was nonchalant about taking me out even on the cheapest dates, spending time with me, and sometimes even being physically intimate. However, I never even had cause to think that it was because he was seeing some other girl. Even when I saw him drive off with her in the car, I didn't think too much of it. I just assumed they were friends. I also ignored the rumors and people telling me that they saw my baby daddy with her. I cried so much that night, I was battling pregnancy symptoms and could hardly catch a break. But my baby daddy was busy locking lips with some other girls at the park. What I saw wrecked me so emotionally that I fell ill. I couldn't tell my mother what had happened because I was worried that she would say she told me so and that she would be right to say that too. So I kept it to myself while refusing to respond to my baby daddy's hundred texts. One day, after a night of crying and worrying, I woke up in the morning and saw that I was bleeding heavily. I had a miscarriage. While I suspect my mom was relieved that I no longer had to deal with being a teenage mom, I wasn't relieved at all. I felt terrible about it. It meant that I no longer had a tie to my baby daddy, and that if I stayed with him I'd look like a fool. I did break up with him, but I didn't want to. I was young and in love with him. When I was 19, we got back together. This time I was making some money working at my mom's store and he had no job. He still lived with his mom and she took care of him and his older brother. He never wanted to do anything. He wasn't serious about getting a job or starting a business. I would give him money from my savings to do stuff all the time. Sometimes he'd get into arguments with his mom and she'd lock up the fridge. I'd have to pay for his food and other stuff until she moves on from their argument. 
He was a bum, but I didn't care. He was all I'd ever known, and since my mom was the breadwinner of our little family, I didn't think it was wrong to provide for my man. I got pregnant again when I was 21. This time, I was happier with what had happened because I could take care of my baby and I had more resources. My mom was still not happy about it. She wished I waited until I was married and didn't like my boyfriend anyway. She had tried many times to get me to break up with him. I had our baby and my baby daddy kept being grossly irresponsible, especially financially. I had to take care of our child and him. It became frustrating because the responsibilities were too much for me. I tried to convince him many times to take a job, and he would, but then again he would get fired. When our child was three, his mother died and that was all the reset that he needed. There was no one to provide for him again and no one to take care of the rent. His brother moved out of the neighborhood to search for a job in a better part of the state and he moved in with my mom and me. My mom was of course not comfortable with the situation, but she would do anything for me. So my baby daddy lived with my mom and her boyfriend. My baby daddy's uncle has always had a soft spot for him. Their dad left them, but his brother was the father figure of sorts that they had. After high school, his uncle tried to get him several jobs, but that failed because my baby daddy would sabotage the job. His uncle decided that he was done with him and cut him off. Since my baby daddy's mom died, he tried to contact his uncle, but his uncle wasn't going to help out. I knew something had changed. He wanted to be responsible, get a job, and rent his own place. I knew he was serious when he started sending out applications and asked for my help to get a CV together. My baby daddy reached out to his uncle again, and his uncle agreed to help him one more time, but he made it clear that it was the last time he would help him, and that if he sabotaged that job, he would never help him again. His uncle soon got him a job as a truck driver for a delivery company. He had to be up by 9 every day, head over to the company to get the supplies, and deliver them. Two weeks into this job, he was still not contributing to the financial needs of the house. He never had money, it was always one excuse or the other. One evening, I was cleaning our room when I found a nice pair of heels in his side of the wardrobe. Since I had our baby, my shoe size increased, so that was not my shoe size. Even when I hadn't given birth, I wore shoes two sizes bigger. I just knew he had gotten the shoes for some other woman. I was annoyed. I was the one who had stood with him all through the time he was jobless and had nothing going on for him. He made some money and the first gift he'd get was for another woman? I was livid. When he returned from work, I confronted him and showed him the shoes. Surprisingly, he admitted that it was for the same woman I'd seen in his car, the one he cheated with. I was pissed and he didn't even pay any attention to me. I yelled and yelled but he ignored me. Listen, if you want me out of your house, that's fine. I can pay my rent now anyway. I was shocked. Had he been using me all along? I went out of the house for a walk and left my son with my mom's boyfriend. I had looked forward to my baby daddy finally contributing to the financial needs of our family, but he got a job and chose to buy some woman a nice pair of shoes instead. I was going to get back at him, and I knew just how to do that. My mom and I leave for the store very early every morning. Her boyfriend would drop us off in his car and then go on to his job. The next morning, I asked my mom to take my son along with her to the store, and she obliged me. When everyone had left, my baby daddy started to get dressed for work as usual. I went into our room while he was in the bathroom, picked up his keys and left the house. I got into his truck and drove away. 
His job was very particular about time. He had to be at work at exactly 9 to pick up the supplies and have them delivered. He was still in the trial period of his job, so I knew that would get him sacked. His uncle would also not come to his rescue, since he'd warned him to not mess up at his new job. I also slid out with his phone, so there was no way he could reach out to anyone. I drove the truck all around town crying. I felt very hurt. My mom had a better relationship than me. Her boyfriend earned less than she did, but he pulled his weight around the house and he would never cheat on her. Just as I planned it, my baby daddy was fired. I also told him to leave my house. He went to live with a girl from high school, but I heard she threw him out because he slept with her roommate. This guy sounds like a real winner. I just feel bad that OP was so head over heels for somebody that was honestly just all along so awful to OP. Our next story is, my foster parents get what they deserve. My first time at theater, I fell in love. It was one of those life-defining moments where you wonder where you just know that that's what you want to do. I spent half the time reconsidering all I knew about life. The other half of my time was spent absolutely appreciating the play I was watching. As I left the theater that evening, my mind was made up. I would bring people the same joy and sensations that I had myself experienced that day. I also said a silent prayer for Tony. It was he, after all, who had given me the ticket to attend the play. Before I get too far ahead of myself though, I should probably tell you who I am. The thing about telling you about myself is that I can't do that without telling you about a few other people, so let's get right into it. Patricia and Andre were my parents. I Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. That were because they're quite obviously dead. Yeah, it sucks. I was just three when the car they were driving was rammed into by a semi-truck with an inebriated driver at the wheel. At the time, I was with my grandmother, Grace. I barely remember anything about my parents. I learned more about them from photos and videos than from any memory whatsoever. For the next few years after my parents passed, I lived with my grandma, Grace. Unfortunately, she too passed and there was no available adult to take care of me, or at least no one that the government trusted, so I got put into the system. 
I was quite troublesome and, in retrospect, I probably should have seen a professional, or anyone, to talk about the trauma I was dealing with. Unfortunately, I didn't, and I instead got passed from foster home to foster home. Now, I'm not going to be dishonest and say that the foster homes I was in were absolute heck holes run by people who were more interested in the check the government gave them for having to take care of people like me. Well, some of them were exactly that, but not all of them. However, like I said before, I was quite troublesome and I kept running away, getting into fights, and in one instance, I may have given my foster parents nuts that they were very allergic to. Eventually, I landed in my current foster home with the Madisons. Remember how I said that not every foster home was only interested in the government check and not their foster children? Yeah, the Madisons were not in that category at all. In fact, I would say that of all the foster homes I'd been in, this was the absolute worst. Normally, I'd be the usual thorn in the side of my foster parents, but I was getting older. The government was getting tired of having to pay my bills, and the last thing I wanted was further institutionalization in a place like prison, or god forbid, mandatory military service. With that in mind, I had to get mellow. Of course, I still had a little bit of fun and shenanigans here and there, but nothing too serious. The Madisons also had three more foster children, Toby, Debbie, and Charlotte. I guess the more foster children you have, the more money you get? It didn't matter to us really, because we couldn't even really feel like the government was spending a dime on us. Charlotte once joked that we were basically homeless people who just happened to live under a roof. She wasn't wrong. Every way that the Madisons would cut corners, they did. Food was cheap and mostly not at all nutritious. We basically had to work to save up money for our own clothes, and they even went as far as turning down the heat even on the coldest winter days. We all wanted to leave as fast as we possibly could, but honestly we didn't know what to be scared of more, our awful foster parents or the cruel world. Now, Debbie and Toby were lucky. They're involved in sports and are very skilled. In fact, scouts had already been in contact with Toby, who was the oldest of us all, telling him they were interested in having him come to their college under a sports scholarship. I guess football was his way out. Debbie, young as she was, could impress Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky. As if that wasn't enough, she was also really smart. I'm talking absolute genius. She too was almost certainly going to get a scholarship to college. Charlotte and I, who were the same age, were quite similar in the sense that we were both troublesome children whose time with the Madisons was their last chance. We also didn't have much of a plan on what to do once we became 18. So time was ticking for us, and uncertainty loomed. The more I thought about it, the more it scared me. One thing was certain though, I had to have a plan soon. During the summer vacation right before 11th grade, I decided to earn some money working at a little pizza place downtown. That way I could have enough money to get some new things for myself. At first, I had to take the bus every day to and from work. This wasn't exactly the best experience, as the bus always had this funky smell. And I still had to walk to the bus station, which was quite a walk to make. And I usually ended up slightly late for work most days. However, one day on my way to work, a kind-faced man with salt and pepper hair slowed his car down beside me and asked if I wanted a ride. I recognized him as the widower who lived down the street. I never really talked to him before, but he seemed nice enough. 
I got into his car and thanked him. That is how I met Tony. He said that he noticed me going out most days and he'd also seen me downtown, so he figured I must have a summer job. He then asked where I worked, and I told him. He told me that wasn't far off from where he worked teaching art, so he offered to drop me off. I was really grateful for the free transport and the convenience. When I was done with my shift for the day, I was shocked to see Tony waiting for me in the parking lot. On the drive back home, he offered me a book. He said he believed I was a bright mind and he wanted to know what I thought of the book. I thanked him for the book and the ride when he dropped me off and I promised to get started reading it. And so Tony and I became friends. A routine developed between us. He would pick me up on his way to work and bring me back on his way home. At least most days it was like that. Tony was one of the nicest people I'd ever met. He was patient and considerate. He always asked for my opinions on a wide variety of social issues and seemed quite pleased when I started reading more books. I spoke with him about my life and all the experiences I had had. He was of course sympathetic, but he also believed that I was capable of becoming anything and being a valuable member of society. He pushed me to take an interest in many things, and though most times I ended up getting bored of them pretty easily, I tried. So when one day he gave me a ticket to see a play at the theater, I thanked him and I took it. That decision changed my life forever. When I got home from the play, I told Charlotte about my plans to become an actor. If there was one thing I could rely on Charlotte for, it was support. So together we discussed my chances and what it would entail to have my dreams come true. First, I had to graduate high school. That might seem obvious to you, but I'd previously been considering dropping it. I also had to apply to art universities. The top school we considered was the Juilliard School in New York. I also decided to join my school's drama club. Better late than never, right? All I did was directed towards the goal of becoming an actor. It felt really refreshing to have a direction I wanted my life to follow, and I along with my foster sibling and Tony, were really excited about it all. And then I hit a brick wall. My foster parents, Bella Madison, my foster mother, had decided that it wasn't enough to almost starve and be mean to me. She decided that it was foolish of me to have a dream and that she was going to crush that dream. At first, it was just jokes about me being silly with her husband, and then it turned to her having a talk with me to ask if I was really serious. When it became clear that I was serious and I wanted to pursue my dream, she finally decided to go on the offensive. Toby told me that she had once tried to become an actress and it didn't really work out for her. He knew why she was being so annoying about me wanting to go into the theater arts. Honestly, that made no sense to me at all. I mean, it's bad enough that you're horrible to us and you rarely ever make any sort of positive input to our lives, but to actually decide that you'd be a stumbling block? That was just pure evil. I tried to convince myself that there was no way she'd actually do anything serious, but boy did she shock me. First, she raided my room, well, the room I share with Toby, for anything related to theater she saw. I had gotten a few books on some theory and the history of theater, and she took them. At first, I thought she had just seized them and she'd return them, or I'd at least managed to get them from wherever she hid them, but she went as far as to burn them, and she has the guts to call me to watch them burn. For days after, I wasn't well. 
I was so upset I cried constantly. Those books weren't cheap and I'd use the money I saved from work to buy them. Eventually, Charlotte and Debbie spoke to Tony about what my foster mom had done when he kept asking what was up with me and why he hadn't seen me in a while. When I finally recovered enough to be able to attend school again, Tony, who had been taking on the responsibility of driving my foster siblings and I to school, handed me a wrapped present. He called it an early birthday present. The present contained books, the very ones I'd watched burn a few days before and couple I had plans to get. The final straw for my foster mum was when she came to my school to request that I be removed from the drama club, as it was affecting my responsibilities at home. When the principal called me to let me know that I had to withdraw from the drama club, she was there. I begged and I pleaded for her to not take this one thing away from me. Her response? A smug smile. While I cried and pleaded, she ignored me and said her decision was final. Eventually, she left me there in the principal's office, bawling my eyes out. On the way home, I told Charlotte what had happened and how upset I was about it. At first, I had the idea to run away from home, but then Charlotte looked me in the eyes and told me no. No, I was not going to cower in fear or be forced to give up my dream because someone was jealous that I'd be successful at something she failed at. She suggested I strike hard. The rest of the way home, we planned on a way to deal with the Madisons. We decided a surefire way to get the Madisons in trouble, and possibly to have us rid of them permanently, was to get them in legal trouble. Toby and Debbie were surprisingly also in agreement. When we told them our plan, I swear I'd never seen Toby look so pleased. He even offered to do the hard part. Our plan was basically to get our foster parents arrested for possession of drugs. Toby said he'd get the drugs. I guess his popularity in school must have given him connections to dealers or something. Within a week, he'd gotten them. He got a healthy amount too, it must have cost him a lot. That's how much he hated the Madisons and wanted them gone. The next part of the plan involved planting the drugs around the house and spiking our foster parents' meal with a couple of them, mostly marijuana and crushed mushrooms. Then, when we were satisfied that there would be a ton of things for the police to find, Debbie called 911, crying and saying that her foster parents were high and threatening her. Police got dispatched to the house, and after a quick drug test, our foster parents were arrested. The police officers also searched the house and discovered stashes of the drugs that we had planted. Criminal charges for child endangerment and use of illegal drugs were brought against them. Then came the part that we knew was going to happen. CPS came over and we knew that we were possibly going to get split up and sent to different homes. We had planned for it and we intended to keep in touch no matter what happened. Just as we had accepted our fates, Tony came to the rescue. Apparently, he had applied to become a foster parent to the four of us. It took a lot of effort, but somehow he pulled it off. And now we live with him. I got back in the drama club. Toby graduated and plays college football for USC. Debbie's killing it with swimming. Charlotte finally found something she loves, chess, and she's very good at it. I'm getting my application to the Juilliard school ready. With any luck, I'll get in. The last I heard of the Madisons, they were convicted of the crimes and were sentenced to prison. Would it be harsh to say that they got what they deserved because I think so? 
At least now they won't stand in the way of me pursuing what I love. Not only did they stand in the way of OP pursuing what OP loved, they used these kids as cheapo assets to milk the government for money. They honestly 100% deserve to get a sentence. At least they do in my opinion, wouldn't you guys agree? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.